Hello and welcome to the Nightlight Tales podcast. Thanks for tuning into the second of six episodes based on my short story, A Zombie Christmas. Three men, one solid plan to bring joy to children during a zombie apocalypse. A risky plan that could end their lives, but they are willing to sacrifice them in order to save Christmas for the children. That is the synopsis for what is and has been my most popular story that I've released as a self-published author. It has an average rating of 4 out of 5 and over 40 reviews, and it is available wherever you get your ebooks from. This short story isn't exclusive to Amazon, and it can be found in both Nightlight Tales collections and the Mike Beam Chronicles. Episode 2. December the 23rd. Mike woke up the next morning to a knock at the door and a quiet house. The Christmas tree was still sparkling and doing its thing, the ornaments hanging here and there with a precision touch, neat and organized. As he grabbed a pistol nearby, shook the bad dream cobwebs free, and walked over to the peephole. He peered through and then reached down and unlocked the door after putting his pistol away. I was wondering if you were going to let us in or not, Jim Wells replied as he stepped into the house. He turned around to see where Fred was. He was still standing guard on the top step, so intent on watching the area that he didn't even know the door was open or that two people were talking. He's good, Mike. Too good sometimes. Jim tapped the man on the shoulder. Fred? It's safe. We can go inside. Fred Wog didn't jump or move in any spastic manner when he was tapped on the shoulder. He just turned and followed after them. Can I get you guys something to drink? Mike asked, closing and locking the door. The three guys meandered into the living room. Jim and Fred took a seat on opposite ends of the couch while Mike worked on getting a fire started. What do you have? Jim asked. I have cold, homemade eggnog, beer, wine, and water. Any soda? Don't drink it. Water will be fine, Jim replied, eyeing the Christmas tree. It felt so much like the holidays inside this house. It made him homesick for days gone by. Fred, you want anything? Mike asked, finishing up with the fire, which was now burning hot in the fireplace. Fred stared at the fire, lost in thought, wrestling with his own demons. Beer me if you got it. All I got is Corona, no lime. Sounds good, Fred replied, then turned back to his thoughts. He couldn't stop thinking of his girlfriend. She haunted him daily. Could he have done more? Should he have done more? What could he have done, though, in a horde of zombies? She was already partially eaten before he got to her. He could still see her reaching out to him, could still see the hope in her eyes, the fear as he pulled out his gun, the realization that dawned on her when the gun was aimed at her head. He could still hear the gunshot that ended her life. It rattled around in his brain like a ghost unable to find its rest. He hoped this Christmas run Mike had planned would take away some of his grief. That's why he was sitting here right now, because he had to do something before he went insane or tasted the metal of a barrel. Mike went into the kitchen and came back with a cold beer and bottled water. He handed the men their respective drinks. Fred was still seated, still lost in thought, so Mike just put the beer down beside him and left him alone. Jim had moved over to the table, and he was staring at several rough and crude blueprints when Mike joined him. The first blueprint was a design of the neighborhood and a wall surrounding it. The other blueprint showed a crude but effective way to obtain water and store it when it rained. These are pretty good, 
Were you an architect before all this? No, I'm just a man with ideas and time, Mike replied, looking down at his work. Jim took a sip of his water and found pleasure in the cold. He scanned the neighborhood plan once again. I like this concept, but is it even possible? We have zombies crawling up and down this street every day. It would take an army to make it happen. I figured we could have posted guards while the rest of us work. I know there are plenty of people here who wouldn't mind helping out if it meant we could be safe again. Mike paused and sipped on his water. If we put up a wall, get guards posted at all times, we can come out of our homes and enjoy life again. We can build a community garden. Maybe, if we're lucky, we can bring in some livestock, raise a small farm. Just get back to normal the best we can. I like that way of thinking, but this is a big project. That will take a lot of work. Anything in this time and place is going to be a lot of work. But if we're going to survive, then we have to think like this. We have to think big. We have to think beyond our limits. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing to celebrate Christmas this year. I want the kids in this neighborhood to wake up Christmas morning and find a present at their door. I want them to feel like Santa is still here and he is one mean zombie killing machine that won't let Christmas die, no matter what the odds or the situation. I want them to have hope. I want them to know that, yes, times are bad and there are horrible things everywhere, but they don't always have to be. You can still have happiness in a world filled with death. You don't need to sell me or Fred on it. That's why we're here. I know, but I need you and Fred to understand why. So if it gets bad at the mall, you will know that what we were doing was for a good cause. Mike replied, eyes popping to the picture on the mantle and back to Jim. Let's just go over the details. Hammer this thing out once and for all, Jim replied as he scanned the picture Mike had been looking at moments ago. That picture made him think about his life before the zombies. Single and working a dead-end job. But he was somewhat happy even if his life was routine. He longed for those days now. He longed for the weekends. He longed for normal. And he hoped Mike's plans about Christmas would go a long way to help him restore some of it. If the three of them could just get Christmas right, then at least normal would be back, if only momentarily. Fred, freed from his thoughts, got up and walked over to the table to join the conversation, which he had been half listening to. He was one of those guys, the ones that just seemed to know how to survive. He was a tall, 50-year-old man with a lanky build and graying hair. In his life before this, he was an accountant by day, hunter by weekend. You wouldn't think an accountant would know so much about surviving, but trust me, he did. Jim was more of a following kind of guy with a big heart and big ideas. He was a teacher before the world turned to crap, and Mike hoped that one day he would lead a school in this neighborhood. Jim was about average height, somewhere in his mid-thirties, still youthful, but mature beyond his years, with dark eyes, black hair, and soft features. It looked like he pushed a pencil every day of the week, but he didn't shoot like it, and he certainly didn't survive like it. The details are like this. Mike grabbed a nearby binder, and in this binder were three separate folders with each of their names on it. Inside each folder was a map of the route they were to cover when delivering the toys, a map of the mall, where to go in, where to meet if separated, and stuff they would need to take with them. Weapons, snacks, a couple bottles of water, things like that. Mike handed Jim and Fred their folders, and all three of them found a seat in front of the fireplace. Silly question, but how do you keep the tree lights on? Jim asked, curious, as he watched the tree blink. It had no idea of the world it was in. It just did what it was supposed to do, bring Christmas cheer. A generator out back. This is pretty elaborate, Mike, Fred replied, 
as you studied the maps. How did you get so much info? Next episode, the story continues. If you need to reach me, zombiebeats3 at gmail.com is a place to do it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.